You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointing but still incredibly proud episode of the Doing the Work post-game show, as today your three-seated Indiana Hoosiers came up short in their sweet 16-round game of the NCAA tournament against the UConn Huskies, losing 58-75. to This ends Indiana's really fantastic and successful season with a record of 24-9. and And I'm your host, Kathy Amos, along here with my co-host, Sean Cron. And today we'll break it all down for you on this edition of Doing the Work, the new show on the Back Home Network that's dedicated to covering IU women basketball. But we're going to start this game how we start every moment, every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. And I'm going to actually, for me, I'm going to go back to 2 o'clock Eastern time or 1 o'clock Central, which is the tip-off of this game. And to me, that was our, our banner moment. You know, the game was really a struggle for us. It was not a good matchup. You know, UConn, UConn is just an incredibly deep and talented team. And we struggled really from, um, you know, we had a good first quarter there, but uh, first half of the quarter. And then after that, it just UConn really struggled or had their way with us. So for me, that, that tip off was the banner moment for us because we got to the Sweet 16 and maybe it didn't accomplish what the team had as their goals. But I certainly, for one, as an Indiana women's basketball fan, consider this an absolutely successful season and having that um, tip off into the Sweet 16 was our banner moment. This was our second in a row Sweet 16, second in a row. Um, this was only the second time ever that we had reached the Sweet 16 since they've gone to a field of 64. And as a program, this is only our third time overall that we've reached the 16, Sweet 16. Now compare that with UConn. UConn has, I think we all know, a storied program, and this was their 28th consecutive Sweet 16 game. 28th consecutive. And they're in Bridgeport, which as I think we all know for those of us that watch the game was essentially a home crowd for UConn. And so for me, we, we showed up and those those women never quit on the floor, even to the very last buzzer, when after you know the writing seemed to be on the wall, they they kept fighting and they kept scrapping. And to me, the, the tip off for this was absolutely our banner moment of the game. So making it to this game was just such a huge accomplishment. And I hope our, our women are all in the locker room right now and hanging their head very high and keeping their shoulders back and being proud of what they accomplished this year. Because I know for me, I am very proud of them. And as always, our banner moment today is brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel. This is their first season as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And um, Home Field has been very busy during this tournament, including um, a some uh, St. Peter's uh, t-shirts and some joggers actually, who just knocked off the Purdue men um, yesterday in the NCAA tournament. Um, they also released some IU joggers last week after the IU women's win over Princeton. Um, although they might be sold out, I, I would encourage you to go, to go and check it out. So um, also when you go out to homefield.com, you'll go to the IU collection and you'll find a t-shirt that commemorates the women's 1983 season which is when the Indiana women won the Big Ten tournament, or excuse me, Big Ten title and made their first NCAA tournament. Um, also, if you support other college teams or have people in your life who do, Homefield probably has something for them too. They have now more than 120 different schools. Um, but no matter what you, but you buy, you know you'll be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you'll be supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly. And what could be better than that? 
Plus, if you haven't um, bought from Homefield before, you can go to homefield.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's homefieldapparel.com. So we're one for the team. Okay, now it is time to move the ball, find the open player and get some thoughts from the rest of our team. And again, today, um, Jeff is still out of the country and um, Sean is still filling in admirably from the bench. And for, for that, we'll kick him over to, to you, Sean. What's your Sean summation for, for today? Uh, yes, uh, from, from the bench, that's a, uh, that's a good, uh, <laughs> let's, let's start there. Um, <laughs> Uh, today's game, uh, it, uh, it, it wasn't our best game, but we knew that, uh, we were gonna, we were facing an uphill battle, uh, going against a, uh, um, a storied franchise, like, like you had mentioned earlier, the, the Yukon Huskies, uh, they, they are a great team. And so we, we were going to need to have one of our best games. And unfortunately that didn't happen to get today. Um, you know, we'll get, we'll get into the numbers a, a little bit later on, but, um, you know, we are going, going to have to, uh, you know, win the rebounding uh, battle and uh, cut down on the turnovers and uh, just have a, have a all around good game. And uh, that just didn't happen today. But, uh, but as you mentioned, you know, I am, I'm very proud of these, uh, these ladies. Um, it was a, a lot of fun watching them this year. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss uh, some of these players uh, as they uh, go on. And, uh, um, you know, you know, go on to the future uh, without basketball, I guess. So yeah, at least Indiana basketball. Yes. Uh, Indiana yes. Basketball. <laughs> All right. Well, as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's loss to UConn today, we will point out maybe a few meaningful moments. I don't think we'll belabor the game a whole lot today, but we'll point out maybe a couple of moments from the game. Um, we might point out a couple of numbers. I think the, the are quite probably obvious for, again, those who watch the game. Um, what was kind of our, our shortcoming or our downfall today, but we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, most likely we'll talk more big picture about, you know, the season overall, as well as maybe a couple of things that we might have coming up um, on the, the docket for everybody. But um, you are listening to the Doing the Work post-game show. Um, again, my name is Kathy Amos. I'm here with my co-host, Sean Cron, and we're talking about that loss um, the season-ending loss in the NCAA Sweet 16, <laughs> I'm going to keep reiterating that, um, that was handed to us today from UConn, um, beating us 58-75. to 75. So it is time, though, for our meaningful moments. Perhaps you missed, and yeah, Sean, we can, maybe let's just pick out a couple, um, if we can, from each of our players. We did end up <laughs> with eight people technically getting in and playing today. Um, so let's pick out maybe a couple from each player if we have something. So um, maybe I think the best place to start instead of going quarter by quarter, we'll just talk about a couple from some people. You want to start with Allie Papperg and see if you have any written down from her? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought Allie had, uh, had a great game today. Um, she, uh, you know, from three point land, she was two of three. Um, I believe, uh, I'm trying to, uh, look through my notes here. Um, but, uh, you know, in the second quarter, mm -hmm. um, you know, was when she really started turning it on. Uh, uh, at the 9:28 mark, you know, she hit her first three-pointer, and then shortly after that, uh, she came down at the 6:30 mark and hit her second three-pointer, which put her in double figures for the day already. So uh, she uh, she did a great job uh, overall uh, leading the team, and um, you know, it was her uh, uh, her leadership today that I think uh, you know was 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 helping. Uh, you know, Indiana along, and unfortunately, the, the team just fell, fell a little short. 
yeah, I had that same thing where we we opened up that second quarter with um, a, a defensive rebound, and then UConn fouled us, and then um, Allie hit that three to to really open that that second quarter for us. Um, and then right after that, Allie hit yet another second three to end a UConn run that um, you know became kind of a <laughs> a theme I think of today. Um, where they were on a 6-0 run at that point in the second quarter, and Allie made that three to put us within three at 24 to 27. Um, how about um, for McKenzie Holmes? Do you have anything for McKenzie you want to talk through? Yeah, I thought uh, McKenzie there, uh, again, in the second, uh, second quarter um, at the 308 mark, um, she, or actually at 330 mark, she ended up hitting two free throws, and then shortly after that, she had a uh, block on Edwards, Unfortunately, uh, they, they couldn't get the ball and, uh, you know, it, it stopped there. But uh, um, I think, you know, you know, with McKenzie, uh, there were there some um, missed layups today. I think that we would have liked to see him go down. But, uh, um, you know, looking back on the season with uh, everything she had to go through, I think uh, – uh, she had a, a fair game today. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, one of my my banner moments that I our opening moments I had was from the very first opening where you know we opened um, with a, a tip out on defense to Nicole Herdaniel Hillary who got um, a steal there. Um, who then went down on the other end of the court to get it down to Mac down low and. Um, <laughs> she uh, was able to score there for us. Um, and I think you you were talking about how we really opened the game where we were, were hitting Mac really hard and had a lot of points in the paint yeah. um, in the first few minutes. And then after that, it just seemed like UConn was able to, to change their game plan you know, in the middle of the that first quarter, really, um, you know, we opened that first quarter um, 10 to eight being up, up two and, we just really kind of struggled, it seemed like, thereafter, although, you know, we had, would only end up down by three in that first quarter. But, you know, it seemed like we were really going to go up the, to, to McKenzie quite often. Um, she did end up with 12 points, so had a nice night, but it came pretty hard on five of 10 shooting, which, you know, again, for McKenzie, you know, those were all fairly um, down low. It was just a, it was just a hard fought game for her today. I thought defensively for McKenzie too, it was just a really a tough matchup for her yeah. down low. And you could see that coming out in the second half where, you know, they switched Golbay onto Edwards um, and it seemed to slow her down at least some in that second, second half. But um, boy, this, you know, UConn just really out, had a lot of size on, on, on us today. And I thought it was just kind of a tough matchup all around for McKenzie. Um, anything overall though, from uh, McKenzie's game today? Um, you know, I, like, like you said, I mean, I think, uh, you know, she, you could tell that there's sometimes that she was a little tired today, uh, um, going up against, uh, you know, Edwards, uh, quite a bit, uh, down low. Um, but, uh, you know, she did have some, uh, some nice, uh, nice looks, uh, some nice baskets, uh, um, uh, I just, uh, you know, and she did have a, uh, you know, she led the team in rebounds today with, uh, with six rebounds. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, and, uh, ended up with 12 points. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Grace a little bit. So today was probably, it was just a hard game for Grace. And I don't want to say it was a bad game for Grace because I don't necessarily think it was a bad game for Grace. I think it was a well um, planned out defensive game from UConn that you can tell they were really focusing on not letting Grace have that that mid-range jumper that she usually has. Um, Grace ended up with only two points in the second half. She did end up with 13 um, overall for the game. Um, but I, you know, you know, it, it just seemed like she was just everything that she was trying to get, um, 
was just, it was just hard for grace today. And um, I, I think this, again, with an eye to the future, you know, I think we all realize if we look at our starters, we are losing next year, um, Alexa Goulbay, Nicole Cardona, Hillary, and um, Ali Papberg next year. Um, we don't know who's coming in, obviously. We know one transfer coming in. We don't know how the new recruits are going to fit in. We don't know who um, of our current team is going to improve. But I think this is something that Grace should really think about, um, really going back and watching how UConn game planned against her. Because I think that next year is most likely something she is going to see a lot more of. Um, so I, again, I think it wasn't necessarily that Grace had a bad game per se. I thought she fought really hard. A lot of, you know, a couple of moments I wrote down like in the third quarter where she got a nice pull of Jay about four and a half minutes there. Um, you know, she was driving the ball and trying to do what she could. It just was not an easy game for Grace today. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, it, it's not that she necessarily had a bad, bad game. It was just the uh, UConn's defense, uh, they were they were denying her everything, and uh, they were uh, really you know forcing uh, the rest of the team to to beat uh, to beat them. And um, until uh, the fourth quarter, or you know late in the third quarter, fourth quarter, um, uh, that's when Grace uh, really started to find you know find some openings and, and get her shots. But uh, until that game, I mean they. They, or until that time, they really did a good job of locking her down. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, well, tr moving on to our next player uh, starter, I think maybe we'll talk about Nicole, if that's all right. Yeah. All right, cool. So um, Nicole, again, I thought defensively it was, you know, she she um, she was put on, at least I know at the beginning of the game, she was put on to um, – to, to Beckers, who, for those of you who might not know about UConn per se, Beckers was last year's um, player of the year, both in um, Naismith and the AP um, player of the year. She was a freshman last year. She was the first freshman to ever get player of the year on both sides. Um, and then earlier this year, she hurt her knee and was out for 19 games. So she's been working her way back in, but still um, one of UConn's most potent players. And Nicole had that, that matchup. And, you know, for the most part, I thought she did a, a fine job. I mean, Beckers ended up with 15 points. Um, but, you know, UConn ended up with four people uh, with double digits and one, one of them just a point shy of getting double digit scoring. So I think defensively, it was just a rough game all around for our team. And again, I, I attribute that mostly to matchups. Um, we can we can talk about maybe some other factors later, but mostly I'm going to attribute that to, to just it was some matchup troubles for us. But I thought overall, Nicole was, again, kind of a, a pest. She lead, led, led the team again with steals. We talked about one of them mm -hmm. earlier. She ended up with three steals on the night. Um, and overall, I think Nikki, again, just brought her usual effort and hustle today. Um, I don't have anything specific other than at the one minute left mark in the third quarter, Nikki got one of those three steals. Um, she went on a great fast break down with Allie on a two on one. She dished it off to Allie. Allie didn't have the shot and right back to Nikki and Nikki went up for two. Um, and that made it at that point, 44, 59. Um, late in that third quarter, but gosh, I thought that was just such a fun play. And so, so again, we've talked about the basketball IQ of this team. That was a great example of basketball IQ, I thought, from the team because it was a perfectly executed fast break from the two of them, Nikki and Allie. Yeah, I, I thought Nikki had a uh, had a great day, and um, you know, uh, and, and it started off from the very beginning because, uh, you know, very first play almost um, at the nine thirty five mark, you know, she. Um, she got a steal right away. Um, 
and uh, and you know got it to uh, Mac and for our first bucket of the game. Um, and then like a, a minute later at the eight, 18 mark, she got her second steal already. So, I mean, uh, she was really, really aggressive from the very beginning and, um, you know, throughout the day. And like you had said, um, she was her typical pesky defense, you know, again. And uh, one of the plays that I, I loved seeing was, uh, I forget if it was in the third or fourth quarter, but uh, the, there was a uh, loose ball and uh, there was a UConn <laughs> player going after it. And uh, Alexa and, and Nicole were both on the floor going after it. And uh, Alexa and the UConn player were grabbing with it with their hands. And Nicole had it with her feet, was grabbing it with her feet. And I thought it was just, uh, you know, just symbolizes her, her aggressiveness, uh, her never say die or never say quit attitude. And uh, um, you know, whether she's laying on the floor and, you know, trying to play with her feet, you know, she's going to, she's going to try to play. Yeah, absolutely. agree. She's always fun to watch. And, you know, it's sad that we won't see her in an Indiana uniform at least anymore right. going forward. So, um, and then our last starter we haven't touched on is Alexa, um, Gulbe Alexa, also her last game in an Indiana uniform. She's heading back to Europe, I think, and going to try her hand over there. Um, in the professional ranks over there. Again, um, Alexa is from uh, Europe originally, um, Latvia. So, you know, it makes a lot of sense with all of her family for her to, to forego her last year that she could have if she had wanted it. But, you know, she's got her degree and stuff. And then um, again, just another player that always puts her heart out there for us to watch. And she never disappoints. And I don't think she did today either. Um, again, I thought this was, was a really tough matchup for Alexa. I'd mentioned earlier how, you know, at the second half that it seemed we were trying something a little different on defense and we put her down on Edwards. It, it was just such a hard matchup for her yeah. as well. And I think she did what she could. Um, Alexa in particular, I thought was um, the victim of some very poor officiating today. <laughs> victim, um, victim is appropriate, yeah. <laughs> Uh, she was mugged a couple times. Oh my goodness. But we have that 20 second stretch where she was fouled trying to get um, a defensive rebounds. And then the gal going down the other way, um, you know, towards um, the other end of the floor was holding her and then ended up throwing her down on the floor. And yeah. not a single one of those were ended up um, called on, I think that was on Edwards as well. Yeah. Right. All three, yeah. All three things committed by one player on UConn within a, probably a 20 second span. So again, I think Alexa was just fighting through a lot of, you know, uh, she was undersized on trying to guard Edwards and then, yeah, gosh, <laughs> I'm not going to blame this loss on the officials by any stretch of the imagination. I think there were a lot of things we didn't do to help ourselves, um, but they, they really absolutely didn't do a whole lot to help. Um, help our cause today. But overall, Alexa, again, you know, she ended up with five rebounds for us and seven points. Um, uh, and really, you're not going to be able to just look at her stat line and know what she contributed today right. because her things that she contributes like usual just don't show up in the stats. Right. And, you know, the one play that I, I think everybody is going to remember is that the shot that she hit, the, the three-pointer to end the first half of, the, uh, of that yeah. uh, that game. I mean, it was... Point one seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was an incredible shot, and uh, you know, I'm, I was thankful that the uh, refs didn't overturn that. I was, I was worried that they were, but uh, it was, uh, yeah, a, a great, uh, a great play there to end the half. Um, yeah, like you had said, I mean, her, her stat line wasn't gonna, isn't gonna say, you know, show how she played today. I mean, she really uh, uh, played her heart out today, and uh, um, gonna miss seeing her next. Yeah. Year. 
Absolutely. So I think we covered all of our starters, which is probably the, the, the bulk of what we need to talk about. We can just maybe touch very quickly on our, our bench. Um, it was a very short bench. I thought we went to the bench pretty um, early on into the game. Um, mainly, though, only Keanu Brown and Chloe Moore McNeil got significant time. Um, Caitlin Peterson and Grace Wagner did end up getting in the game. Caitlin did have a free throw. Um, Caitlin's Peterson's free throw ended up being our, our sole bench point um, for today. So it just wasn't a game again for our, our bench. Again, it just shows the depth of UConn. If you look at them, they had um, nine players play and eight of them scored. It, it, and just contrasting again, where we're at in our, our journey as a program to where UConn has been at. You know, you're, you're playing again a program that has 28 years of history in the Sweet 16 against ours where we, we have two years right. unless you go back to the one before the um we had a full uh 64 teams but overall i think this was just a struggle from our bench again you know chloe again though i i, I want to in particular talk about her because maybe not in this game it might not have shown up i just thought the growth from her was really fantastic to see you know at the beginning of the year she was getting very limited playing time very limited um exposure and she wasn't contributing a whole lot to versus getting her her very first you know um double double when we played purdue and um multiple games then that she ended up in double figures scoring and overall i i just enjoyed seeing chloe moore mcneil and i i'm excited to see her next year on tra trajectory we've been talking a lot about who we're not going to see next year but we are going to see a number of these ladies back next year um, and Chloe is one of them. And I think she's going to be a big piece to the puzzle next year uh, for us. And so I'm hopeful for her continued growth in the off season. Today wasn't her day either, but again, she got in there and she hustled after those loose balls. They didn't always come her way, but you know, she worked her ass off and um, I appreciate that. And I applaud um, all of their effort. And, and the same thing with Keanu Brown, you know, again, wasn't necessarily her day. It was a tough matchup for her. Um, but she's going to be back next year as well, or at least that's the assumption we're going on right now. Um, so overall, just a rough day for our bench. Um, but, you know, you cannot fault any of their their play on lack of effort. No, not at all. And, uh, you know, our, our team all year long, I mean, we uh, our bench hasn't been uh, huge contributors all, all year. I mean, uh, Chloe has, you know, has contributed and uh, uh, Keandra, I mean, they definitely have contributed. But... Uh, not to the extent that UConn uh, does. I mean, and like you had said, I mean, they're just, uh, it's just a different team, um, different, uh, you know, different setup. And so um, today, I mean, obviously that uh, their bench outscored, outscored ours um, 13 to one. Um, but uh, yeah, you can't, uh, once again, I mean, you look at the stat, stat lines and it's not going to tell you the whole game. Yeah. I mean, those, those girls, they played the heart out and, and you know, to uh, UConn's credit, again, I mean, they they you know they play good defense, and uh, it just we we couldn't get the uh, the shots and the shots off, and uh, that's something else that we'll uh, we'll talk about here shortly. Yeah, great segue. I think we're done with meaningful moments, unless there's anything else that we haven't really talked about um, that you really want to pull up or bring up. Uh, I think uh, no, I think we've good. covered it. Okay. A little bit different today. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't warn you about that surprise, <laughs> no, no, everyone. No. <laughs> All right. Well, next it's time to go inside the numbers. Um, we've been hitting that as we've been going along here. So maybe we'll just pick out a few um, and not again, belabor this again. 
at this point, I think it's, you know, it's kind of moot with the, the season being over. So maybe I'll just talk about the two, I think, that are most glaring, Sean. And then if there's anything you want to add, we certainly can. Absolutely. So I think the absolute number one big stat that we need to talk about is rebounding. Um, we yeah. had 27 rebounds to their 39. The big story of the game, though, was offensive rebounds. We got two. Contrast that to 15 for um, UConn. And if you go back now to the start of the Princeton game, so our last two games, we got out-rebounded on the offensive end. We had three offensive rebounds in those two games to 25 total. And um, unfortunately, ESPN doesn't give us the second chance shots or points, um, and we don't have our normal right. stat page that we have. Um, so I'll see if I can find that while, while you're talking, Sean. But the offensive rebound to me was probably the biggest glaring hole. And it wasn't something that they didn't know about. So if you listen at all to um, Coach Morin's press conferences throughout the, the, the week or watch anything that she says on Twitter, she highlighted that offensive rebounding and keeping UConn off of that offensive glass was going to be key. And we just, just couldn't seem to do it. Um, you know, we had, um, again, they had 15 and 10 of those came from just two of their players. Um, so that to me is probably the biggest glaring stat that we have. Um, the other one um, is turnovers. So again, we, we, as a team have a goal of 11 and, and today we ended up with 15 and a, a big chunk of those uh, really came in the second half. I think we had um, seven and then another eight in the second half. So I guess it was more even split than I thought. But to me, turnovers was also a name of the game, and we only turned UConn over nine times. So, you know, it just was a little bit lopsided for us there. Um, what else do you have, Sean? Anything else you want to highlight? Oh, I got points in the paint here. Yeah. So UConn um, had 46 points in the paint to only 32 for us. So 14 yes. point differential and points in the paint there and um, points in the paint. And then second chance points, two to 14. Yeah. So those those two stats to me, along with the turnover situation, is probably um, the biggest glaring gap in our game today. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. And I, I think you're right on that. And I think the the other stat um, that I wanted to point out was our, our field goal percentage. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as far, as far as a field goal percentage went, we actually we won shot, that battle. Yeah, we <laughs> shot better than them. We were forty seven point nine percent. They were forty six point three percent. But because of all of their offensive rebounds, they were able to get 67 shots on the game. We only had 48. So they had 19 more shots than us. And a lot of that had to do with their offensive rebounds. I mean, they had 15 15 offensive rebounds to our two. So um, the offensive rebounds and and turnovers, and we've we've kind of been talking about that uh, for a while now, um, that, you know, when, when Indiana is able to clean up that, you know, they obviously have, you know, play better, but uh, today they just, uh, they just got outplayed. Um, uh, and uh, those, uh, those, the bigger, I think the, the bigger lineup for UConn really uh, uh, dominated on the, on the, on the glass today. And it showed. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, Quang in the chat. Easier to get an offensive rebound if you're allowed to throw your defense defender to the ground. That, that is very that true. That is very true. That if is, I could just yeah. throw people around and get a rebound, it makes it so much easier. But um, I, I don't really have anything else I want to talk about on numbers um, anyway around. How about you? No, I think that's uh, I good. Think that covers it. Okay. Well, you're listening to the Doing the Work IU Post Game Show. You can catch us live immediately following most IU women's basketball games. Um, And you can find us at our website right now at assemblycall.com. 
Um, while you're there, you can also go to join.assemblycall.com and sign up for our free IU Hoops newsletter. Again, my name is Kathy Amos. I'm here with my co-host, Sean Cron, and we are breaking down Indiana's loss in the Sweet 16 to UConn. Um, well, Sean, I think it's time for game balls. Um, so why don't we go ahead and get that started and okay. you kick us off. I, hopefully this is probably going to be an easy one, I think. Yeah, for me, uh, for me, it's, it's got to go to Allie today. Um, I think she had a, a fabulous game uh, from the very beginning. Um, her leadership really, really showed through today. Um, I mean, she ended up with uh, 16 points overall on, on seven of nine shooting, two of three from uh, three-point land. Um, and I think she just, uh, you know, I was glad to see her have such a, a good game, um, you know, being her last game with the, uh, with the Hoosiers, but uh, um, going to be sad to see her go. Yeah, me too. You know, Allie's, uh, she's had some turmoil in her, her basketball career, you know, starting off at Notre Dame and a, and a big knee injury and then coming here. This was her seventh year playing. Um, evidently, according to the, the commentators on TV, she's only one of two players in NCAA for um, to be playing with seven years. Um, and, and, you know, again, she led the team in, in in scoring today was 16, but she did other Allie Patberg things as well. And, you know, she left it all out there for sure. And um, going out <laughs> on this again, she has nothing to hold her head down and only to hold her head high about. So I agree with giving Allie the game ball. So for our season, this is how it ends up. Grace Berger ends up with 10 of our uh, game balls. Allie, that makes her fifth one. We have Mac and Nicole with four each and Alexa with two. Um, so now it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services. Um, Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to business and individuals throughout Indiana. Remember, for prevention cannot be measured, so let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Again, that's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. Um, okay, so now it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. Um, and for me, I'm going to go with um, Nicole Cardano Hillary for this for my my vote for for Hustle. Um, I mean, you could. Uh, you could probably make a case as well, I think, for Grace. I mean, again, it was a struggle for her today um, in terms of getting the points in production that we would normally see from her, but she she didn't quit on the hustle side of it at all. She never did, but you can say that about everyone. Um, Nicole, I thought, just really played some fantastic defense for us. She was um, a pest, again, as usual, and um, being her last game as well, I like to, to honor that. I think she's been kind of our honorary hustle um, award person, it seems like all year, even though maybe she hasn't won the most of them, it always seems like her name is always talked about whether we give the hustle award to her or not. So for me, I'm voting for, for Nikki. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to vote for Nikki as well. Um, I, I, I love the way that she plays. And as, uh, uh, Quang had pointed out in the chat, you know, you, you gotta give it to her for her footwork today. So, yeah. I mean, it, um, <laughs> literally know, yeah, trying to grab literally. that ball with her foot. You can tell the soccer background, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So, but uh, no, I thought she had uh, she had a really good game. I ended up with uh, the three steals for the day, and actually had one of our two offensive rebounds. And so, um, <laughs> I, I love Sorry. love watching her play and uh, just the uh, the peskiness on defense. And that's uh, um, you know I, I'm really gonna miss her in, in that that piece of her game. Yeah, I agree. So that does uh, give six Hustle Awards to Nikki for the, the season that ties her with Chloe, who has six as well, um, followed um, right behind by Grace Berger with five. Alexa and Allie both ended up with two. 
Mac, Keandra, and Caitlin, and Grace Wagner each had one as well. Um, Sean, any, any other lingering storylines we haven't talked about from this specific game before we kind of talk about maybe a little bit of the season on a whole, um, and then maybe talk about the future as well? Um, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I thought, uh, you know, it was going to, we knew it was going to be a, a uphill battle for, uh, um, for our team today. Um, but overall, you know, I, I am proud of, uh, proud of this team and, um, um, looking forward to seeing what's, uh, what we have next year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we just got into a tough bracket, you guys. Yeah. I mean, UConn is just, you know, they were, I know they were, um, where they were seated as, um, a three seed, but you know, again, if they would have had um, Beckers the whole year, I, I think that you would have. Um, I'm sorry, we were the three seed. Um, they were two seed. Um, I think if Beckers would have been healthy for them all year, they would have easily been a one seed. And you know, you can you can argue that maybe um, that's what the the NCAA committee was thinking about as well when they placed them in this Bridgeport um, location. It was clearly from a crowd um, standpoint stacked against us in a really hostile environment, and and our women didn't shy away from it as well. Right. You know, and and Princeton was a, definitely an underseated team as well um, that gave us some some trouble earlier, and we we fought through that, but. On a season as a whole, I'm just I'm very proud of all of these women as well. They gave us nothing ever to complain about. Nothing did we ever come on, even during their loss and at the end of that season where they're having you know a rough time, um, kind of getting over the hump. I don't think there was one time we came came on to any of these shows, whether it was you doing the show with me or Jeff, and we sat here and said, you know, well they just quit. Right. I, I've never had those words come out of my mouth, and that means a whole heck of a lot. To me as a fan um, that I know that the women care about the program, they care about um, the team and they care about each other. And I think that's a culture that you can take from Coach Morin and continue to build upon. Um, so overall, yes, disappointing. I was hoping to see them play yet one more time um, this year, but um, I, I would say if you look at a big picture for us in the season, I think this was absolutely a season we can be proud of and something to continue building upon. Um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to get more coverage for, I think, women's basketball, our Indiana program specifically, we continue to see more games televised, but I think just women's basketball in general is getting a lot of, um, a lot more coverage as well. And we're seeing that as well, you know, because, you know, one of the complaints, if you've ever watched women's basketball prior to this, you know, is the parity and how a lot of these top seeded teams just really, um, come in and just really roll over some of these lower seeded teams. And we're not seeing that this year. In fact, the first two, two days of the tournament had more upsets on the women's side than the first two games uh, days of the men's side. Um, we saw that last night again, where Creighton after yeah. knocking off Iowa last week, knocked off Iowa state again and are now in the elite eight as a double digit seed. Um, so I think we're going to continue hopefully to see things um, progress as the, the women continue to put out a great product for basketball. And hopefully we're spreading the word, not just about our Hoosiers, but just women basketball um, in general. So um, yep, Quang, that comeback was against Iowa when we had 42 points in the fourth quarter, right? So I mean, so we have just some fantastic highlights from this year. That, that we can um, go back and reflect upon. And that would definitely be one of them, even though we still didn't end up on top. But again, we are down over 20 points going into that fourth quarter. And boy, my goodness, we almost won that game. <laughs> so 
Um, coming up though for doing the work, we do have some things in the work. Um, Jeff has been um, out as you, those of you that are our regular followers, but Jeff and I had talked about earlier in the season, we do want to continue doing shows throughout the season. Um, so we will start highlighting maybe some roster turnover and things coming up next year. I think we know about who is leaving for sure. We know that um, Alexa Goulbay is going back to Europe. We know Allie Patberg is finally, after seven years, out of eligibility. I think she is looking to get into coaching. Um, Grace Wagner is foregoing the rest of her eligibility because she got into the Kelly School of Business graduate program, um, and she wants to concentrate on her schooling. And then Nicole Cardano hillary is also without eligibility. So um, she hasn't, that I have seen um, specifically said where Nikki is planning on going, but um, I hopefully will see her somewhere on the basketball court again. Um, we do have some folks coming in that will start trying to break down a little bit more. We, um, for those of you who don't know, we have three um, three main recruits coming in. One from Israel called um, Garson or Gar Garkan. I'm not sure how to say her name. We'll find out officially and get that. We have one other. Um, commits coming in as a freshman from another country as well. And then we do actually have a nice transfer from Providence who, um, you know, had, I think the second leading scorer this year from Providence um, that has opted to transfer and she has already committed to coming to Indiana. That came out about a week and a half or two or so ago. So I think one of the things we'll do this off season is to highlight and start going into more in depth on those players that are new to the team. Um, we'll probably talk about some of the players that once we know officially that they're coming back and start breaking down maybe this past season, looking ahead to what we'd like to see from them. The one person we know 100% who's already said she's coming back is Grace Berger. So we'll start talking about the, the remaining players as they officially, hopefully, commit to coming back. Um, and then the other thing I think Jeff and I have talked about doing, and um, for those of you in the chat, if you have other ideas on topics, let us know. You can um, send me a direct message on Twitter. Um, or Jeff, if you find him, you can also find us if you are in the assembly call um, community and you can send me a direct message there as well. But the other topic we thought we might do is to go back into the the uh, history of Indiana women's basketball and to pick out a couple of um, important seasons that happened in Indiana basketball history. So a couple of the, the probably more obvious ones would be the 1983 season. We've talked about that in regards to the home field apparel shirt. That was when they won the Big Ten title that was not expected from them at all that year got them into the NCAA tournament for the first time. And then I am most likely we'll look at the year that they won the NIT um, and some other um, seasons, probably in the more recent history um, that has gotten to, to where we are today. But we'll, we'll try to delve into the, the history and um, open up those archives of Indiana where you know we can learn about some past, um, some past teams that were important to the history of our program that maybe not everyone knows about. So. Um, it is hard to find some stuff and content for off season. So we're open to any ideas. I doubt we'll do a weekly show. We are um, right now targeting to do a show every other week, but that's up in the air for, you know, um, content as well as <laughs> Jeff and I have an availability. Um, and, you know, maybe we can talk Sean into potentially coming on and, and helping. So, um, no, we won't talk about Brad Davidson. Um, so <laughs> I think that is what we have coming up, um, going into the off season. And then of course, I think the other thing we'll talk about as we get closer to the season is we'll start breaking down some of the other teams in the big 10 and what we're, we're expecting to see from them again. Um, we'll, you know, have to do some research and, and do some of that because 
who knows who's coming and going from each team. Right now, if we look at it on paper, I would say what we probably are guessing is Iowa is looking to be the favorite in the Big Ten next year. They bring back pretty much everyone on their team, including Sedano and um, uh, Caitlin Clark. Um, and that that dynamic duo is just um, a force to be reckoned with. And they are both, I think, have announced already that they're both coming back. So right now on paper, it looks like Iowa is probably the favorite, but we'll start looking at that as, you know, the the dust kind of settles over all the teams. We still have Big Ten teams playing in, in the tournament right now. So we did um, have Ohio State lose yesterday, but I believe Michigan is either playing right now or is, is coming, um, getting on sometime soon. So please keep an eye on our other Big Ten teams that are, are still going on in the tournament and yes coin i agree clark is coming back crap <laughs> <laughs> yes caitlin clark was only a sophomore this year so um and sonano had um i think one more year with her covid year so sonano is uh is also coming back so um but let's not end on that let's instead celebrate our women again ending up with a 24 um and nine record overall on the year um and just a fantastic season back-to-back -back sweet 16 um births that they they really earned and just played their hearts out for us all year so again tell all your friends about um, women's basketball especially our, our indiana program i still think there's going to be good things coming from us in the future i know it feels like we maybe are losing a lot of key pieces which we are but we have a lot of pieces coming in too and terry morin as the coach i think has shown that she has really been able to put together those pieces and, and get everyone bought into the culture so um, with that, I'll have one last reminder that if you have not gone out to Home Field Apparel, please do so. And if it's your first time, you can use Home H-O-M-E at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. But with that, Sean, it's last call. I think we've talked a lot today, but um, anything else you want to add? Yeah, I just uh, you know, kind of want to reiterate what you've said about this team already. Uh, I, I think they they should hold their heads high um, be very proud of what they have accomplished this year. Uh, you know, it, it may not have ended, you know, the way that they wanted to, but uh, uh, as a fan of uh, IU women's basketball, I am, I am very proud of them um, and everything that they they've accomplished. Um, you know, the, the run that they've had in the big 10 tournament, the run that they've had in the NCAA tournament. Uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun to watch um, this year and, in the previous years, you know, it's uh, um, watching this team uh, grow over the last uh, few years and watching them, uh, um, you know, what Terry Morin has done with uh, with this team. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think we've uh, got nowhere to go, but, uh, you know, can, uh, you know, I mean, she, she continues to uh, put together these great teams. And, uh, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we just need to keep working at it and uh, keep getting these recruits in and um, hopefully we'll be able to uh, replace uh, um, Allie and, and Nicole and Alexa and uh, with, with some good talented players. But uh, I mean, whoever those players are, they're going to have uh, big shoes to fill. That's for sure. So I'm going to miss those girls and uh, just want to say uh, how much, uh, how proud I am of, of them and uh, of the, of this entire team. Yeah, these women have definitely captured our hearts, that's for sure. So um, my last uh, call will be actually to all of our workaholics. Quang um, has been a regular um, for sure. We've had a few others that have been very loyal um, listeners. Joe, I know, has jumped in here as well. Um, 
quite often and we have a lot of people on Twitter that has been helping to spread the word. It's a new podcast. So, you know, we're, we're using assembly call right now to, to really try to help get us up off the ground. Um, so we'll probably, you might see some changes with that as we try to spin off and not um, use the assembly call channels going forward in the summer. Um, that's still kind of being worked out to be determined kind of thing. But really a huge thank you to all those that come and miss uh, with us live, but the people that listen to us later as well. Um, we really appreciate it. Again, you know, Jeff and I and now Sean are not doing this because um, we're getting paid and getting giant buckets of money. Um, <laughs> Um, we, we do it because we love Indiana women's basketball and we want to help support them and kind of spread the word of them. So that's why we're really looking to do some off-season content to, to continue to get the word out about our program um, and to build that, that support and um, viewership of them. So again, if you do have any ideas on what we can do this off season, uh, we're very open to it. You know, Jeff and I and Sean are not professional prod podcasters. <laughs> we have uh, main jobs that we do. Sean is an accountant by trade. And um, I don't know what you call me and Jeff is a teacher. So, uh, <laughs> you know, this is not something that might be our forte. So any help we can get from our listeners, we want to put out content that you enjoy um, and things you want to hear. Um, so if you have anything, let us know. Uh, additionally, if these post-game shows, if you um, have a suggestion for a change of the format, I know we follow pretty much the same format that the Assembly Call folks um, follow, um, then yeah, we would uh, love to hear any kind of suggestions you have because we're totally open to them. Um, just be nice to us and your feedback. So <laughs> I think that will do it. So if you do want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, right now, uh, you can do that at youtube.com slash assembly call. Um, and if, don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join the free email newsletter. A special thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design for designing, designing the Assembly Call logo. And thank you all again for listening. And um, we'll be back to talk hoops again this um, off season. So don't forget about us and hopefully you can continue joining us. But until then, keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. Thanks, everyone.